The optic nerve is also known as cranial nerve 2, and it is functionally responsible for transmitting signals from your eyes to your brain, which in turn facilitates vision. If you are a long-suffering listener of the podcast, you would have heard me say before, you see with your brain and not your eyes. But without your eyes, you don't see either. Now, as nerves go, this one is interesting and a complex one. While some of the information from your eyes stays on the same side of your brain, some neural activity crosses over. So let's trace the roots of the optic nerves and tracts to unveil some of the mystery behind the anatomy of cranial nerve 2. Full disclosure time. An audio-only medium is not the best way to learn the optic tracts. Diagrams are necessary to cover the details in full. However, if you have five minutes to spare, let's make a start on this content and at least cover some of the more interesting aspects of the visual system. Your eyes are a sensory organ that are sensitive to the stimuli of light. Light stimulates receptor cells which are found in the posterior layer of the eye that we call the retina. We call these receptor cells photosensitive as they are sensitive to the photons of light. You have two main groups of receptor cells. Rod cells that are particularly sensitive to light and can work even in lower light conditions and cone cells that are sensitive to colour or specifically the wavelengths of light. These cone cells do not work in low light conditions which is why many things look black and white in moonlight. You may not have noticed that before but try it out this evening. In complete darkness, the human eye is useless. Now, sticking with colour for the moment. Interestingly, we humans are deemed to be trichromatic, meaning we only detect three colour types. That is red, blue and green. Our brain is able to combine these three wavelengths of light to produce the perceptions of the full rainbow of colours that we detect in our environments. As you are no doubt aware, some people are unable to detect the three wavelengths of light and are deemed to have colour vision deficiency, often colloquially termed as being colourblind. There are cases of true colourblindness or achromatopsia where the individual is unable to perceive any colour at all. Dogs and many other animals are not colourblind, as sometimes claimed, but instead are dichromatic, as they only have blue and yellow cone cells. Some birds are tetrachromatic, as they possess a fourth type of horn cell that allows them to see ultra colours. Here's a fun fact for you. If birds are tetrachromats, many dinosaurs were also probably tetrachromats, as birds evolved from avian dinosaurs, and so they too may have seen a majestic array of colours, and therefore may have been as colourful as the birds we see today. I digress. Now, after the rods and cone cells are stimulated by light, they in turn send action potentials down the optic nerves of your eyes. You have two optic nerves, one leaving the posterior surface of each eye, and these transmit the nerve impulses towards the occipital lobe of the brain. It is in this lobe which we find the visual cortex. But let's focus on the optic nerve roots for the remainder of this soundbite. Okay, so the eye itself is housed inside the orbit of the skull and the optic nerve leaves this orbit to enter the cranial cavity via a small round hole called the optic canal. If you have a skull, or an image of a skull, gaze into the orbit to find this canal. That very round hole, medial to the larger slit-like superior orbital fissure, that's the one in question here. From the eye, the optic nerve passes through the optic canal to enter the skull's cranial cavity, and after a short distance, each optic nerve actually converges to form an X-shape that we call the optic chiasm. You will find this optic chiasm just superior to the pituitary gland of the brain, which itself is found in the saddle-shaped space of sphenoid bone that we call the cella turcica, literally because it looks like a Turkish horse saddle. 
Now we're on the home stretch for the optic nerves. From the X-shaped optic chasm, the nerves again divide to form a right and left optic bundle of fibres, which we now call the optic tracts. And from these optic tracts, axons are sent to multiple different parts of the brain, including, but not limited, to the visual cortex in the occipital lobe. Okay, let's take a step back now to visualise the bigger picture. We find the optic nerves leave the eyes on each side, then pass on the underside or ventral surface of the brain, just superior to the floor of the cranial cavity. The optic chiasm is found above the cella turcica, and the optic tracts, after a short distance, actually penetrate the midbrain before branching into various areas of the brain. The visual pathway starts as two optic nerves. They converge to form the optic chiasm and then divide again to form two optic tracts before passing into the brain. So why do we have an optic chiasm in a visual pathway? Well, the sensory information received by the retina doesn't all travel down the same sided optic nerve or to the same side of the brain for that matter. Instead, if we divide the retina into a nasal and temporal half, with the nasal side being closest to the dose, hence its name, and the temporal half being closer to the temporal bone or your ear, we observe that the information from the nasal half of the retina travels down the same-sided optic nerve, let's say the left for argument's sake, it then crosses over to the optic chiasm to enter the right side or the opposite-sided optic tract and to the right side of the brain. However, the temporal half of the retina doesn't. It stays on the same side all the way to the visual cortex. But why, you may ask? Well, as is often the case in anatomy of the wise, we look to evolution and embryology for our answers, and there are a couple of theories. The visual map theory, in which it is postulated the optic chiasm helps correct the inverted image that is projected onto our retinas by the anterior eye. Or the twist theories, in which the head of the embryo of all vertebrates seems to twist in utero. Either way, we know it is important, as every known vertebrate over the last 500 million years possesses an optic chiasm. And when it breaks, well, that's a story for another time. And that bit of anatomy is a bit of a beast, but thanks for sticking around until the end. We should speak again soon. <laughs>